0: 2. You go, wait a minute. Haven't you already preached out of this? You know what Matthew chapter 2 is, right? So it's not Christmas. But we're going to use a Christmas story. You say, well, you can't do that. And I, I said to Randy this morning, I said, you know, so that means that we can't preach about the resurrection and the crucifixion on any other day but Easter. And so I'm going to break the mold today. And I'm going to preach a message about the wise men. Okay? We're going to see if we can learn something and see if we can take the truth from the Word of God and take our lives where they are today and see if the Word of God can help us where we are and, Lord willing, where we're going this year. Okay, so Matthew chapter 2, I want you to look down at verse 9. We'll just read a brief part of it. I did preach out of this passage uh, during the Christmas season, but this is a different message entirely. The Bible says in verse nine, when they, that is the wise men, heard the king, they departed and lo, the star, which they saw in the east, went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced and uh, with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I want you to notice verse 12 very carefully. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country, and I want you to notice the last two words, another way. When they were warned of God, they returned to their own country another way. Heavenly Father, I yield myself to you again this morning, and I, Lord, I I need you. And I ask that you'd please help me. I pray that you'd strengthen me today. I pray that you would help me to get out of your way so that I could be filled with the Spirit and used for your glory. These people didn't come to hear me. Lord, they've confessed today that they need to hear from you and we all need to hear from you. So I pray that you would please use the Word of God today, that it would have free course, that your Holy Spirit would have liberty, and that God, when we leave here, that we would be better for being together. I pray that you'd bless now this time together. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. At the beginning of a new year, people are making all kinds of goals. They're making all kinds of decisions that will in some way alter or at the least affect their life in some way. Some are making financial decisions while others are making decisions about their health. Still others are making decisions perhaps concerning their family or relationships with the intention to have some sort of life change. Their desire is that this time of life, if we're ever going to change, is going to be different than it has been. Um, the wise men in our text made a decision in their homeland to follow the light of the star, which led them to Jerusalem, of course, ultimately to Bethlehem, where there they met the son of the living God. And I'm sure that when they left their country, they had no idea where the light would take them. They had no idea. All they knew was that there was a star and we feel inclined to follow it. They knew that they were coming to see the king that was going to be born. They had at least that knowledge. But all they had in their guidance to get there was the star. That star would guide them to lead them to where they needed to be. But I'm also sure that they planned on returning the same way that they came. I want you to hear what I said. I know that they didn't know what they were going to find and they set out to get to Jerusalem or set out to go wherever the light would would take them. But when that trip is done, there's no doubt in my mind, as a guy especially, that this is the route I'm going to take. That we're going to take the same way that we came. We're going to go back the way. Why? Because the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. That's how guys work. They're going to go back the same way. One of the statements of this passage was given to me by my friend some weeks ago and struck me. The Bible says that after they were warned in a dream, they departed into their homeland another way. They weren't planning on going another way. But God sent them another way. They didn't go back the same way they came. Things were not the same, you could say it this way, after they came to Jesus. They were not the same. They came one way, met Jesus, and they were sent back another way. Can I ask you this morning, are you, okay, are you okay with how 2021 turned out for you spiritually? You know, the way that you were on. The, the calendar year that, you, that was set for us last year and, and, and the decisions that you made and as you look back at the landscape of your spiritual life, are you okay with that way? Or would you like to go another way? Are you okay with the way you pleased God in your home last year? Are you okay with with how you pleased God at work in that way? I'm just simply saying this morning, I want us to consider the path of our life. What path are you on and where is that path going to lead you? The way that you're taking. After speaking with some people this last week, I know that some of us would like to take a different way. (laughs) would like to take a new path this year. One that Leads to a closer walk with God and a more genuine life of Christ. One that bears the fruit of a Christian. A path that is straight instead of crooked. um, A new path with answers to prayer. A new path that brings peace that goes beyond comprehension. You know of all the places that you find about a way. The book of Job is loaded. Now you think about that just for a minute, what you think you know about the life of Job. And in the middle of that, the Bible says that Job spoke these words, The righteous also shall hold on his way, and he that hath clean hands shall be stronger and stronger. Boy, what a verse. Maybe you're still going down the same way you've been on for years, and I know that God's desire is for you to leave here this morning a different way. You came one way to church. Maybe not even expecting to necessarily change your way. You just knew that, well, the light, the word of God is telling me that I need to be in the house of God today. And I need to hear from the word of God today. So I'm just by faith going to follow that light. And it's brought you to this seat and now obviously to this message. And now God is ready to tell you, hey, listen, I want to know if you're going to be ready to go back a different way. Are you going to leave here the same way that you came? Are you going to go into 2022 the same way that you've been going? Are you willing, perhaps, to go back a different way? There are three key components in our text this morning that help us to be on another way. And I want you to write them down if you have some notes. Maybe you can take them. Maybe you just want to listen, and that's totally fine. First of all, if I want to go another way, if I'm, if I'm going to find that other way that God has for me, if you're going to find that other way, number one, you got to come to Jesus. You have to come to Jesus. That's where it begins. And we come to Jesus for two reasons. Number one, obviously, is salvation. Would you agree with me this morning? We have to come to Jesus for salvation. Why do I need to come to Jesus for salvation? I will tell you because there's no other way. Jesus said, I am the way, and I am the truth, and I am the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. There is no other way for a person to be saved than to come to Jesus Christ. It's not through baptism, amen. It's not through good works, amen. It's not from tithing. It's not from church attendance. And, and it's vastly important that we get a hold of that today, that there is no other way to be saved than from coming to Jesus Christ. Salvation is deliverance from the penalty, the pollution, and the power of sin. It is eternally more important than being saved from fire. It is eternally more important than being saved from social embarrassment, or from illness, or poverty, or loneliness. The Bible says in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. The Bible is very clear that if I'm going to be saved, that it will only be by the way of Jesus Christ, after John Wesley had been preaching for some time, someone said to him, are you sure, Mr. Wesley, of your salvation? Well, he answered, Jesus Christ died for the world. Yes, we all believe that, Mr. Wesley, but are you sure that you're saved? Wesley replied that he was sure that provision had been made for his salvation. He said, Mr. Wesley, I'm asking you, but are you sure that you are saved? It went like an arrow to his heart. He said he had no rest or power until that question was settled. Am I sure that I'm saved? Why? Because many men and many women will go on month after month and year after year without power. Because they do not know their standing is sure in Jesus Christ. They're not sure of their own footing when it comes to eternity. Now, I will tell you, if there's anything that you need to settle before God today, it is that you are sure that you are born again into the family of God. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that you have eternal life. God wants us to be sure of our salvation. Why? Because that's the solid rock by which we stand. We stand secure in Jesus Christ. And my friend, if you are not secure, you sure can be today. I have talked to many people over the last 25 years about how to be sure that they're saved. I cannot provide that assurance, but Jesus Christ sure can. Why? Because Jesus is salvation. Jesus is the way to salvation, and He is the only way to salvation. If I'm gonna go another way, I've gotta first come to Jesus, by the way, and He sets us on a different path. He sets us on a totally different path. When I come to Christ, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. What is that? Not going back the same way. He's going back a different way. I'm getting ahead of myself. First of all, we come to Jesus Christ for salvation. Secondly, and this is something that I think that pertains to every true, genuine believer. If I'm going to come to Jesus today and I know that I'm saved, then what do I need to come to Jesus for again If I'm already saved, and yet, Pastor, you're telling me maybe there's a different way I need to leave here. Well, let me ask you this. Do you come to Jesus for satisfaction? Because there are a lot of people today that are looking in a whole lot of other places to be satisfied. What's another word for satisfied? You could say gratification. You could say fulfillment. You could say contentment. You can say appeased. You could say for happiness. All of those things are synonymous with the word satisfaction. Satisfaction. All these magi wanted from this journey was to be in the presence of the Son of God. That's all they wanted. That was their sole purpose. They left. They followed the light. When they got to Herod, there was no, there was no mixed message. They're like, look, we want to know. Where the king is born. That's all they want. That's that's why we're here. We have seen his star in the east. We followed it all the way here. And we want to know where the king is born. Where's the best lamb? Thanks king, we're out of here. That's all they wanted. They wanted to be in the presence of of the son of God. Listen, he was the end of their journey. They weren't seeking for notoriety. They didn't want people to go, hey, look. Look at these guys from the east. This is really cool. They didn't pull over and be like, hey, I'm just going to accept. No, no, no. They just wanted to get to Jesus. Jesus. He was the end of their journey. The Messiah was their destination. Now, when you think about your life, satisfaction is contentment, gratification, appeasement. It's assurance. Sadly, the world has paved, listen, many ways to lead people to what they think that they need. When what everybody really needs Is Jesus Christ. What everybody really needs. Is to be content. Or to find gratification. Or to find assurance. Or to find happiness. Or to find appeasement. In the life of Jesus Christ. Listen to Jesus. To the thirsty he says come and drink. To the hungry he says come and dine. To the curious he says come and see. To the wondering or the misguided. Jesus says come and follow me. To the weary, Jesus says, come and rest. And to the committed, Jesus has come, take up your cross. You see, the world has done a marvelous job of carving exits into the way that leads to Jesus Christ. And that exit that you may be on and wherever that road has taken you has led you away from the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why you're not gratified with your life. That's why you wake up every day a little more puzzled and a little more burdened and a little more curious and a little more uneasy is because my end is not Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Isaiah, God's stopping the children of Israel from seeking after everything else but Him. Ho! You know how you stop a horse? Ho! Everyone that thirsteth. Come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money. Come ye buy and eat. Yea, come and buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? You hear what he's saying? Why are you spending money on something that doesn't meet your need? Something that doesn't satisfy. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? Or your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently, he said. Unto me. And eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. God says, stop. Don't take the exit. Stop taking cisterns that have holes poached in the bottom, and you're filling it, and it's just running straight out. Stop what you're doing. Come to me. Why? Because when we come to Jesus, it's only when we truly find satisfaction. If You want 22 to go a different way than last year, you've got to come to Jesus you got to be willing to say, at some point in my life, God, I, I, I'm empty in this area, or I'm empty all over. God, I I, I don't feel like I have purpose. I, I don't have that contentment and that, that drive to, to, to have what you want me to have. I'm not satisfied. It seems like every paycheck or every event, every vacation, every photo op on Instagram, I just come up empty-handed. And I'm tired of going that way. I don't want to go that way anymore. At some point, at some point, the light said to the wise men, go this way. And they said, okay. And where did that lead them? Straight to Jesus Christ. If I want to go a different way, I've got to come to Jesus. Secondly, I need to hear his voice. And I want you to think about this story. We, we know this story, man. We read it every year with our ch- children and our grandchildren we know the story of the Magi. We know that they came and they worshiped. See, they gave gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And, and, and we think that there were three. We don't know what there were three. We talk about it and then we go, oh, that was so cool. But we don't really contemplate all of what God's trying to say here. Why does it say this? Well, it's interesting to note that up until this point, these men didn't hear a voice. Think about that. They didn't hear a voice. All they had was a light. Nothing audible, just something visual. They followed the light that was set before them. Then they met Jesus. Then they heard the voice. The Bible says, and when they were coming to the house, verse 11, they saw the young child, Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Verse 12, and being warned of God in a dream. What did they hear? The voice of God. They didn't hear. They didn't have a voice. They just had a star, which, by the way, disappeared at one point and then reappeared to go to Bethlehem. Now, they didn't have the light anymore. (laughs) Think about that. They didn't have a light. Do you know why? Because they had something better. They had a voice. They had a voice. They had the voice of God. When they came to Jesus, then they heard the voice. You know, Hebrews chapter 1 says, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken unto us, listen, by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and beholding all things by the word of his power, when he had, made himself, uh, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. See, God used to speak one way in the Old Testament. Then in the New Testament, he spoke by Jesus Christ. Do you know what the Bible says now that we have? We have a more sure word of prophecy. What do we have? We have the word of God. We have, listen very carefully, the same voice that they had. We have it every single day. We don't just have it once in a while in diverse manners and in sundry times. We, We don't have it like God had to speak Once here and once there in the Old Testament. He speaks every time this book is opened. The voice of God. They didn't have it before. But now they have it. And what happened? They went back a different way. Why? Because they heard a voice. Let's face it. Even with multiple Bibles in our possession. Or even sitting in a church. Doesn't mean that we're hearing God speak. Doesn't mean that. So how can I hear the voice of God? Can I suggest just two ways? First of all, you got to block, block out all other voices. You have to, you have to. Um, both Austin and Ashley, who all have children now, um, Chandler just turned, Chan the man we call him, Chandler just turned uh, one the other day, and um, they sent us a picture of him sitting down and eating his birthday cake. It was big. It was a little too big, if ask me. He had too much sugar that night, but uh, you know who am I? i 'm um, just a grandfather has nothing, knows nothing about raising kids, but he, um, he, he had this huge cake, and Austin blew it out for him, and he 's just sitting there real you know he 's so mild mannered I love that kid he 's just so his mom said, "Do you like that?" he goes, <laughs> he goes like it's more. It was the coolest thing, so they 're they're, they're doing well. They, both Austin and Ashley have decided that in order to put their kids down, they have to have a sound machine. It's like this craze that's taken over parents today. They have to have like this sound machine that has like 4,000 decibels that they play. A- the first time I heard it when Ashley and Matt lived with us for a little while, I heard it. I was like, I was in the living room of my house. And I'm going, what is that noise? My wife goes, oh, it's a sound machine for the baby. I was like, he sleeps in the room where that sound is. And I, I followed the sound. It was like a wise man following the light. I followed the sound. I go all the way to the bedroom and it was, I opened the door. It was so loud. <laughs> little dude's just in there. Completely, completely out. I, I, if I have, if, if I sleep with a lot of noise like that, it gets shaky. I'm like, dude, I, I can have a little bit of noise, but I can't. I grew up in a day where my mom said, go take a nap. And you go take a nap. And she didn't try to be quiet. She vacuumed, cleaned, slammed doors, do whatever. And we just slept through noise. You know, that's the way we do it. Kids, kids today are, kids today, no other noise but, ah! Okay, how's that work? She didn't want to hear any other noise, so you play a louder noise, and they go to sleep. I don't know. I don't, I, I, they do whatever they want. They raise their kids how they want to. I don't care. I, but, but I get it. What's the purpose of a sound machine? The purpose is to block out all the other sounds. It's so that any other sound doesn't wake them up they get them used to just that sound and the one sound that they hear they know that comes on they go right to bed now i will confess i sleep with um a sound of a fan on because it's the winter time and i don't turn on a fan in the winter time i want to freeze to death but i i i want i want a low rumble and i just a low one my wife, I will confess, wants it to be a high rumble. She wants it to be louder. And I say, honey, if you do that, my legs are going to start going like this. I'm going to get the jumpy leg syndrome because it makes me nervous. And I hear that and I start tweaking out a little little, little sounds when it resets or something. I go, I hear that and I go, well, now I'm awake again and now I'm awake again. So I have to get a little, little lower. But I get it. It's so that you don't hear everything else. Right? And when you get used to that tone, when you get used to that volume, it blocks out everything else. Now watch, there's a lot of noise in the world today. There's a whole lot of noise. And a lot of voices, would you agree? Voices telling you all kinds of things. Suggesting all kinds of things. Lying about all kinds of things. All of them telling people how to have success. All of them telling people how to feel Important. All of them trying to tell them what's really important. Voices that say, This is what everyone else is doing, why aren't you? Or, This is what everyone else is not doing, why are you still? Voices against a husband and a wife. Voices against a family. Voices against children being born. Voices against what is absolutely right, and what is absolutely wrong. And my friend, if we listen to those voices, we cannot hear the voice of God. We won't be able to. Why? Because the devil is a master at sound and noise. Will you take your Bibles and turn with me to Proverbs chapter 1 this morning? Proverbs chapter 1. I want you to look down at verse 20. And I want you to hear for two things. Number one, who is crying out? Number two, where they are crying out? Answer those questions. Proverbs 1 verse 20 says, Wisdom crieth without, she uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth, notice, in the chief place of concourse, in the opening of the gates. In the city she uttereth her words, saying, How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you, because I have called and ye refused. I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded, but ye have said it not all my counsel and would none of my reproof. Verses down from there it says, Because you've done that, I will laugh at your calamity. Why? Because I've been speaking no better. I've been crying out in the public places, in the private places, down the hall, in the corners. I've said all that needs to be said. But no one is heeding my counsel. Now where are they saying all that? In the busiest places of all. Where everybody else is saying buy this and sell this and how about this and go that way. And wisdom cries out and people say, no, I'm good. I don't need that counsel. If I'm going to go a different way, I've got to not just come to Jesus. I've got to to hear his voice. And to do that, I've got to block out all the other voices. Then secondly, it's obvious I just need to listen for his. The The Bible says in Proverbs 8 and verse 20, I lead in the way of righteousness. In the midst of the paths of judgment, these men found Jesus and the voice of God, told them to do something other than what the voice of the world told them to do. What did Herod tell them to do? It's not your question. What did he tell them to do? What did Herod say to do? Okay, you find Jesus, this king, come back and tell me, for I want to worship him as well. Now, for all they knew, he was sincere. There's no doubt in my mind, Herod's such a deceitful liar and wants to be seen as something he's not. That's the history of the Herod family. That he feigned himself to be sincere. When you find him, please come and tell me I'd like to come and worship him as well. There's no doubt in my mind that those three or however many wise men went and set out when we find him. Now remember, guys, just remember that Aaron before we go home is we've got to go back and tell the king so he can come and do the same. How do I know that? Because they were told not to do that. They were told by the world to do one thing. And God said, don't do what he's telling you to do. Being warned of God in a dream. They listened to the voice of God. They were in the presence of Jesus Christ. They heard the voice of God. They heard the voice of God. That's pretty special to me. They heard the voice of God. For more than a year now, I've asked our church every week to ask God to speak to them personally this morning, I want to ask you, are you listening? Am I hearing? When God speaks to you about your family, do you listen? When He speaks to you concerning the truth, do you listen? When God speaks to you about your bitterness, your insecurity, your envy, your jealousy, your anger, or your lust, or your covetousness, do you listen? Because Jesus said, my sheep, hear my voice, and they follow me. Matthew four nineteen, and he saith unto them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets, and they followed him. That was the pattern. How did Jesus get the 12? He asked. He said, I'm coming to you, Matt, and I'm asking. I want you to leave what you're doing. I want you to follow me. The Bible says they have straight way as immediately left the nets and they followed Christ. When, when Matthew was at t- collecting taxes, Matthew, come and follow me. Boom, follow Jesus. James and John, boom, follow Jesus. Didn't matter. When Jesus spoke, the people that followed him were listening. But listen to this. And by the way, if you follow the pattern, it became multitudes, didn't it? And feeding of the 5,000, feeding the 4,000, the multitudes that were around Jesus when he preached the greatest sermon that's ever been preached in the book of Matthew. And, and, and there were multitudes. There were multitudes that followed him through Galilee and all the way to Jerusalem. They hailed him to come in. But when he started changing what he was saying, all of a sudden people didn't want to listen. The Bible says in John 6, 66, from that time many of his disciples Listen, went back and the key phrase is walked no more with him. Then Jesus said to the 12, will ye go away also? And I'm so thankful I'm standing here today preaching the word of God because there were some men and some women that said, to whom shall we go? For thou hast the words of eternal life. And they followed him unto the death and they paid with their life they paid the price of following christ with their own life they committed everything they said man at this point jesus where are we going to go well though everyone else is going to go the other way we're following you if we're going to leave here today another way we got to come to jesus we need to come to him and be like okay lord i I need to nail down my salvation today. I need to be sure that I am accepted in the beloved. I know that if I punch out of this world today, I'm going to be in the presence of Jesus Christ. God, I, I got to confess to you, I've been trying to be satisfied every other way except by you. And I've been looking for it in every other way. And God, I... I want to get off this exit. I want to get back. You know, there's nothing worse than getting, thinking, oh yeah, I'll just get off in this exit and then to just get on the freeway the other way, go back the other way. That happened to me in downtown Los Angeles when I was in Bible college. I thought, oh, it was at the, it was at the five, ten, sixty, ninety split. It literally is like the biggest ball of yarn in the middle of Southern California you've ever been through. If you've been to Disneyland, you've probably gone through that. It's like. It's like you get there and you're like, what do I do? This one goes the 10, this one goes the 60, this goes the 10. You're like, I just want to get to Disneyland. Can I just stay on the five? I tried to do that in Bible college and I was like, oh, I ended up going on the wrong way. And I was going east on on the 10 and I was like, oh man, that's a bummer. Well, I'll just get off on the next exit. And I'll just, you know, that's what exits do. You get off this way, you go under it, and then you get back on, you go the other way. That makes sense. I got off and I was in the wrong part of town. Not only was I on the wrong part of town, there was no on-ramp to get back on the freeway. I got off, and I was like, uh, and I started, you know, those were before GPS, before cell phones. Thomas Guide, ring a bell? Just driving a stick, Thomas Guide on my lap, going, uh, uh, you know, cars going, ee, ee, and I'm like, I'm just trying to get off the road, stop yelling at me. And, and, and I literally, you talk about being scared to death when I realized I was on a way that wasn't going to get me back. And I had to stop. And I had to look at the guidebook. I had to ask Thomas. Right? Maybe there's a reason it's named after Doubting Thomas that it's a map. But anyway, I had to ask Thomas, Thomas, how do I get back on the road? You know, it took me a long way out of the way before I could get back on the right way that's the problem with being on the wrong way is that it's never easy getting back is it it's never easy getting back it always takes longer it took me at least 20 minutes to find my way through the bowels of los angeles and those are some awful bowels to get back on the freeway so that i could get on the right way of going you see if i'm going to get if i'm going to leave here another way not only do I need to come to Christ, but I've got to hear His voice. And sometimes that voice gives me a warning. That's the third thing. I've got to heed the warnings. Look what the Bible says. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod. Now, when you see the word warning, normally it's equated to what? Danger. You know, you don't walk up to a water store and it says warning. You're like... Dude, it's water. What's it going to do? You know, I'm like, it's a water store. Or you don't walk into Walmart and it says warning. You know, normally it's an electric fence. Normally it's something dangerous, right? You go to the edge of a of a cliff that says warning or something like that. You always equate warning with a danger. So we know that God already, because nothing is hidden from Him, knew what Herod's intent was. And knowing that, and them not knowing the danger, God was kind enough to say. I don't want you to go back that way. I know that there's something there for you that's going to be hurtful, not just to you, but to some other people. So I want you to go a different way. And praise God, they said, okay. They didn't go, well, why not God? Everybody else is going back that way. They didn't say, well, can you explain a little clearer? There's a gray area here. No. Being warned of God in a dream that they should not go back. They went, To their own country. Another way. God warns them not to go back the same way they came. When a person comes to Christ. And is born again. He tells them not to go back. The same way they came. He tells us to go back another way. And sometimes even a good Christian. Can have so much noise. Through circumstances or misguidance from other voices. That they don't heed God's warnings anymore. They just don't heed it. They don't understand but but why can't I? Well, 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 and, they, and they try to justify why they're going against the warnings of God. The Bible says in Ephesians 4, 17, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk. And then he tells them why. In the vanity of their mind. They've already decided what they're going to do based on themselves. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them. Because of the blindness of their heart. It says, if so be that ye have heard it. I'm sorry. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him. And have been taught by him. As the truth is in Jesus. Listen. That ye put off concerning the former conversation. The old man. Which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man. One is an old way. One is a new way. You can understand even from scripture. And not even have to be that old or very smart. It's a different way. When I come to Jesus and he says, look, I'm changing your life from the inside out. But part of that is you listening to my voice. And part of my voice says, stop. Warning. Go back a different way. I don't want you to go this way. If you go this way, bad things are going to happen. Bad things are going to happen to you. Bad things are going to happen to people around you. Who was it going to affect? Oh, (laughs) the Lord Jesus Christ. And let me say this. God will do whatever it takes to protect the testimony of his son Jesus Christ. He will. It's a name above all names that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord of lords to the glory of God. He will do what is necessary to protect the testimony of his son in us. That's that was the whole purpose Jesus came. Do you honestly think that God is not wise enough or powerful enough to protect the perfect way of salvation? The answer is absolutely. And he did, and he has been ever since. Mark it down. The way of a Christian does not look like the way of the world. Now let me give you three quick things and we're done. And I know I've been a little long. Thank you for listening so well. Let me give you three quick things about heeding the warning of God. First of all, it may cost you. If I hear the voice of God and he says, stop, Don't go back that way. Go a different way. It may cost you. Everyone, we already said this, knows the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. If they were taking a different way, it was going to have to be a longer way. Remember, in Bible times, there wasn't like, oh, here's a trade route and then here's an alternate trade route just a little over the hill. There were specific routes that went to specific cities only. There wasn't like, Country road, take... They were just going to go cruising out in the middle of the desert. They weren't going to do that. Okay? So, this road is going to have to be a longer way. It's going to be a road less traveled. Most people wouldn't go this way if they were going back that way. And that would be more costly. The more time that you spend going home, the more supplies you have to have. The more money you have to spend. But regardless, it was going to be the right way. And they went that way. What's your walk with God cost you? What does it cost you? Some in this room have paid a serious toll for doing what is absolutely right. I've done absolutely right, and it's cost me some family. I've done right, and it's cost me some friends. Some people have done right and lost a job. It's just, it's, just, it's the fact of righteousness I can do right in a world that's bent on wrong. And if I decide to do right at the warning of God, it's going to cost me. The Bible says in Ephesians 5.11, Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Be, not, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you. And I'll be a father unto you. And you shall be my sons and daughters. And then I love this statement at the end. Listen. saith the Lord almighty. Do you know what God says? If you decide to seek me first. And you decide to hear my voice. And heed my warning. I'll take care of it. You may not like it right now. It may feel a little burdensome. It may be a little lonely. But I want you to know what you have. You have the Lord God Almighty. My name is Jesus Christ. I am the Lamb of God. I am the bread of life. I am the water that you need. I am everything that you need. Just trust me. Peter and John and all of the disciples had no idea where they were going. Even when Jesus was specific, look, I'm going to die, but I'm going to raise again. They were like, I don't get it. And it took them a little while. And it takes us sometimes going through some very serious times before we finally get it. Before we finally wake up and go, Ugh, there it is. Now I understand. Now I get it. It may cost you, but it'll be the right way. I've got to heed his warning. It may cost you. Secondly, it may inconvenience you. There was nothing like, oh, yeah, let's just go 75 miles out of the way to get home. That sounds like a great idea. Have anybody in this room ever been lost on purpose? No, we've always been lost on accident, and we don't like it. I remember one time years ago we were going down to Disneyland, and, and Waze was kind of new, right? The Waze app and I was going down and Apple was just like, oh, it's going to take you forever. And I'm just like, oh, let's just see what Waze does. Well, if you'd like to save, whatever, 20, 30 minutes, go this way. And I'm like, babe, we're turning off Apple Maps. We're going this way. I put on, I'm not joking. As God is my witness. That was back when I had the excursion. We were all packed in there. We were going down. I did a zigzag pattern one block at a time through the heart of Los Angeles to save 20 minutes. I thought I was going to lose my love and mind. My wife kept saying honey i 'm sorry i don 't care what way he says there is no way this is going to be faster, even though we were gridlocked on the five, even though we were sitting still, it was to me better than sitting and then waiting for like that way to turn and then you have to we sat at lights and stop stop signs in the middle of six million people. it took four Ever. By the time I got to the hotel, I I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to see anybody. I may hurt somebody. I may kill the clerk because of the way she said this is our room. I, I don't want to talk to anybody. It drove me bananas. It was so inconvenient. Man, we don't like to be inconvenienced. We don't like inconvenience. Nobody here does. By the way, the last two years have been pretty inconvenient, hasn't it? There's nothing convenient about the Christian life. Say amen. There is nothing convenient about the Christian life. Why? Because it goes against the grain. You ever? One of my funnest things to do to cats is pet the hair the wrong way. I, feel, I love it. My favorite one to do is Brother Gridley's cat. If cats are bored, just pet, pet them the wrong way. They will sit and lick it all the, the other way for hours. I love that, mostly because I have an affinity for cats. But I, 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 the sides... The legs, the tail, and the back. And if the hair is long enough, the the face. And the cat just looks at me like, that's messed up. That's the Christian life. It's against the grain. It's against every voice. It's against everything. It's against the current. And when you swim against the current, it wears you out. That's the Christian life. There's nothing about it convenient. But they were warned of God. They had something better than a light. They had a voice. And now they've got a path. And that path may cost them. And it may be inconvenient. But it was going to be the path of God. And they took that path. Lastly, let me just say this. and Write this down if you haven't written anything down. Trusting God always pays off. It may not be Immediately. But it always pays off. Keep everything you have in one basket and that basket is the manger of Jesus Christ. Keep it there. Don't pull it out and try to put a little over here and put a little over there and maybe this is my job security and maybe these are my friends or maybe this is my reputation. Get it all back and put it all in Jesus Christ. It may not pay today, but it will have a payday. Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding in all your ways. Listen, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Psalm 5 and verse 8, lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of mine enemies. You think God knows what you're facing? Oh, he does. So the psalmist cries out, lead me, O God, in thy righteousness because of mine enemies. Listen, make Thy way straight before mine eyes. Yesterday in my devotions, I read this verse. I being in the way, the Lord led me. You see, there are so many blessings when we're in the way. When we're in the right way, when we're at fellowship because we're hearing the voice of Christ. Are you in the way? I don't mean like you're in my way. But are you in the way, the way of blessing, the way of the Lord? Has the way of 2021 led you closer to the Lord? Are you closer to God today than you were January of last year? Or do you find yourself farther away from him? Could I encourage you three ways today? Come to Jesus. I'm sorry you're not satisfied, but the reason you're not is because you haven't come to the Savior. You may need to be saved today. And that's okay. There's no shame in salvation. There's only rejoicing. You may been trying to be satisfied in some other way. And you can't find it. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm genuinely sorry. But there is a way. And his name is Christ. Would you hear his voice? Maybe he's saying stop. I want you to go back a different way. I don't want you to come the same way that you came. Would you hear... Him today, if your path needs to change, then today would you be willing to follow a new one? Can we pray today? Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for my friend who put this verse in my mind. Again, I'm so thankful for how you've used this in me. And God, I pray that you would use it in all of us here today. I, I don't know the hearts of your people. and Lord, we can't come to church and worry about what somebody else is thinking or what they should or shouldn't do. We can only take care of ourselves. And so I pray this morning that every individual will just take a spiritual inventory of the path that they're on, of the way that they came. And God, if you've spoken so clearly today to them, I beg of you to be merciful. And I pray that you would help us, help them and us all to leave here a different way. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I wonder today, If you need that change, I I wonder if today, you know, for all intents and purposes, church, this is our first Sunday of the year for us. I wonder if we could just lay aside our reservations, lay aside our pride this morning. I wonder if we could find a place in this auditorium down here together and say, God, I'm presenting myself to you today. I want to go back a different way. I'm committing myself to come to you each and every day. I'm not satisfied because I'm trying to do it every other way, but your way. I'm coming to you today. I need you so badly. Lord, I want to hear your voice again. Maybe you haven't heard his voice in a long time. Maybe today, maybe recently, you're finally hearing it. That's a good thing. What a blessing. Maybe he's warning you about something. Maybe it's time today to stop and say, God, I don't want to go back that way. I want to go your way. If that's the case in a moment, we're going to stand together and I want to pray for you. I'm going to have my daughter begin to play an invitation hymn. And as she does, would you just find a place down here at the altar? And and let's just spend a good quality time as an individual Christian, but corporately as a church body. God, I know today I need to be on a different way. And let's commit that to the Lord. Would you stand together with your heads bowed and eyes closed? Heavenly Father, we come before you as your kids. We're so grateful we have a shoulder to lean on, a lap to cry on. We're so grateful we have hands to hold us. We're so grateful, God, that you are always, always ready and willing to hear from us and to speak to us. And so today, God, we, we ask, would you please help us? For every heart that's been touched individually, for every decision that needs to be made, would you please guide them in the way? We know that you lead us in the way. Your paths are our paths of righteousness for your name's sake. So God, I pray today we would yield to that. Those that need to stop would stop. Those that need to turn left would do so those that need to draw closer to you and come to you would do so god i pray we would leave here satisfied and fulfilled please bless this invitation now in jesus name With well, that's about and eyes closed if you need to come this morning and pray would you come would you just find a place maybe with your spouse maybe alone and just say lord here am i samuel heard the voice of god and he made a great statement speak lord for thy servant heareth Do you want to hear the voice of God? Are you hearing the voice of God? What kind of commitment do we need to make today for the Lord? Would you make it? This is the time. This is the place. Well, I've put off my New Year's goals. Uh, Well, today's the day. Let's make a spiritual vow to God today. Lord, here I am.